bless you. Any other guests, we welcome you to the house of the Lord today. Mark 3, 27. When you're there, say amen. The Bible says, No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Amen. I'm going to ask you to just put your hands to the front and pray for this, this message today. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I need your hand. I need your power. I need your spirit. Let this word flow. Let it not fall on deaf ears. Let it fall on open ears and open hearts. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let it be a wake-up. Let it be a wake-up call. Let it flow in our minds, hearts, and souls. Let it go out into the atmosphere. Let it permeate our hearts and souls. Let it permeate the airways in Jesus' name. God, let us be examples of you. Let us be mindful of the day and the hour that we live in, Lord God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, we honor you. We praise you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I want you to know I love them songs about Jesus. Amen. If I was to title this message today, which I am, your greatest enemy would be the title. Your greatest enemy. What is your greatest enemy as a Christian? Is it sickness? There is no disease that God cannot heal. We have seen him heal people of cancer and arthritis and other sicknesses. Sickness is not our greatest enemy. Amen? It is, is it a lack of money? No. Jesus owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can, he can and does provide for our needs. He said, I will supply your every need. The problem is our needs is... Our wants are greater than our needs. He has opened doors for people to have good jobs. He has provided groceries for people's tables. He's multiplied notes in our wallets, being dollar bills. Caused, he has caused people to treat us favorably. I, I, I ask you today, how many of you have walked in somewhere and all, out of the clear blue someone bless you with something? You've never been given anything free. Never? Okay. That's right. You better start going back and do some inventory. Something has been given to you somewhere along the way in life that was given to you that did not cost you anything. That was the favor of God. Even if you don't deserve the favor of God, it was the favor of God. The problem is we think it's something we did. But God's favor don't work like that. God's favor comes out 
in many different ways. That's why we, you know, we look at, oh, you just gave me a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. Really? Right? Really? Oh, you gave me an ice cream cone? Uh, it was a blessing you didn't have to pay a dollar twenty-five for it. Did someone hand you a bottle of water you never did pay for when you've been out in the heat? Has anybody been in line and someone behind you go, I got that? Uh-huh, come on now. The favor of the Lord. Not nothing that you and I have done. It's the favor of the Lord. That's his power, his glory, his blessings. Amen. But your greatest enemy is not having the money. You think it's not having the money. You think it's not having all the status quo, the silver and gold that glitters. That I remember there was once said silver, uh, that everything that's gold or everything that glitters is not gold. Lack of resources is not our greatest enemy. Even in the church. Is it the devil? The devil needs to ask God's permission before he can even bring habit upon your life. So if, the, if there is an attack, hear me, something is not right. And he wanting to test me to find out where old Allen is. Where is Pastor Allen in his walk with God? Is Pastor Allen willing to stay the course if I take this away from him? If I take that away from him? If I place sickness upon his body, if I take away his finances, is he still willing to walk and trust me? It, the devil can't touch you. First of all, he can't take your life, period. But he cannot bring havoc into your life unless the Lord says, I give you permission to to come after Tiana. She's one of mine. But don't touch her life. Can't take her life. I hold the keys to that. You can't take no life. So is it the devil that is the enemy? His attacks can cause people to cry out to God and their, and, and their faith be strengthened. The devil is our enemy, but he is not the greatest enemy. Is, is it the other people that we sit with? Those that oppose us or persecute us or cause us problems? Other people will not stop the plan of God. Let me tell you something. No one is going to stop the plan of God. No one. I can't stop the plan of God. You can't stop the plan of God. People have tried to destroy the Bible. They've even persecuted the church. They've even tried and not, but they have not succeeded. They've shot pastors. They've killed laymen. They've hung people in the way back in the past. They even took disciples and scared them to death to where they denied him. 
but they could not stop the power and the glory of God. God's people have always survived. God's people have always survived. His word always has survived. In fact, the faith of those that, that have been persecuted in the church are often very strong people. That's why the Bible said forsake not. Some of us haven't gotten that in our head. The Bible said forsake not the assembling of yourselves. You know why? Because at some point in your walk with God, you're weak or you're going to become weak. And you need somebody that will come alongside you and grab you and, and, cut and pick you up and say, nah, you're not quitting. We're going to make it. We're going to keep walking this walk. We're going to keep talking this talk. We're going to keep praising the name of Jesus. You're not backing out. You're not letting up. You're going to continue to serve God. I'm going to be praying for you, brother. I'm going to, begin, I'm going to continue to hold your name up before the Lord in prayer. Amen. Who is your greatest enemy? Ooh, it's warm up here. Cool it down there. It's not the air. <laughs> it's not my enemy. People who harass or persecute us will never succeed. God sometimes removes them. Hear me. Let the persecution come. God fights your battle. I've had to pray mercy because I've watched what happened to somebody that attacked the man of, the man of God or a woman of God in the house. God, have mercy on that soul because they don't know the, the curses that have been piled down upon them, their wife, and their children just because they want to attack somebody. God will sometimes remove them and take them away. Many times he will use them to develop your character. Uh, see, there's some things we pray, God, take it away. Can't take it anymore. But it's all about God trying to correct some things and to mold some things in our life. Been many a time I wanted to quit. But in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the ugliness, God's saying, I've got this. I, you need, there's some stuff I'm fixing in you. There's some stuff I'm correcting. There's some stuff I'm bringing up in you to make you stronger in your walk with God so that when you come against something greater, you'll be able to look back and go, I remember when. I remember when God did this. I remember when God raised this. I remember when God opened this. People are not our enemy. People are not our enemy. First Samuel says, 30 and 6 said, and, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his son and for his daughter, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes, sometimes I've had to just, I had nobody, nobody. Only because they don't know what's going on. And in the, in the closet, and I don't say that disrespectful about our bishop. There's just some things I just don't run, I don't run past him. Not that I don't trust him. Sometimes it's in the closet. When you're down on your knees and, and you're grieving, you're going, God, I just don't, I don't know if I can make it again. And God says, yes, you can. 
You're going to make it. You just need to, you need to hold on. You need to hold on. You need to hang in there. Hear me. I'm the one walking beside you. I'm the one that when you don't see two, two sets of footsteps, that it's mine carrying you. Hear me. I, I know I stole that from that, that. But anyway, hear me when I say that. There's times in your walk with God that you're going to wonder, where is Jesus? So who becomes the enemy at that point? I'm my own worst enemy because I'm not seeking the face of God. I'm woe is me. Nobody cares. Nobody sees. Everybody else gets to say what they want to say, and I've got to sit here with my mouth shut. Lord saying, no. I see everything that goes on in your home. I see everything that goes in on, on in your job. I know everything going on at home. I see the things that are not right that, that bring uh, attacks against you in your walk. But I'm letting you know I'm walking with you every step of the way. You need to stay the course. Micah said, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall rise arise I shall arise when I sit in darkness the Lord shall be my light unto me we should never be in the darkness you are the light I know if we turn out the lights of course if we could kill the daylight coming in the window it'd be dark in here and that would be the only dark you could be in. the bottom line is everywhere you walk you should, be, you should be beaming life. I'm not saying they all got to go, can you give me some glasses? You're beaming too bright. But there ought to be a beam coming off. There, must, there ought to be a Holy Ghost beam. When Abraham saw him, it changed his countenance. It either tanned him, <laughs> I don't know, but it showed in his facial Somehow in his face. Because everything else was closed, right? So it had to show right here. Right? Something was different when he came into the presence of God. When you are a child of God, there should be something that when you walk into the darkness of this world, that immediately somebody goes, there's something different about you. I see something different about you. I don't know what it is, but there's something different about you. Something needs to be showing that there's something different, that something has changed. When you come into the presence of people, what will stop, what will stop us from repenting? Sometimes that's my biggest enemy. Not repenting. One of the biggest enemies is not being baptized. Another big enemy is, is that we will stop people or stop ourselves seeking for the Holy Ghost. That's the enemy. You can study baptism forever and feel like, and, 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 and forever, and it'll feel like it. But you can hear testimonies of people receiving the Holy, the Holy Ghost and how it has changed them. 
But all these things are useless unless you act upon them. Amen. You have to act upon it. And that's why in my study today as a disciple, talking about a disciple, you, you can say you're a disciple, but the fruit of the Spirit is what brings full revelation of what you are as a child of God and as a disciple. Because if I'm if I'm not going to exhibit the love and the mercy of Christ, then the fruit of the Spirit, I mean, that's one of the fruit, love, mercy, kindness, long-suffering, perseverance against your haters, right? Against my haters, against my naysayers. Huh? Could you get that knife out my back? Against my backstabbers. Huh? But I love them. Uh, help me, yeah, help me too. But I love them. You got to love them. If I'm going to be a disciple of Christ Jesus, I cannot put on a facade because a facade says, mm, uh, that's what a facade does. But the spirit of the Holy Ghost, if I can't get it out, can you get it out? Whether it was the one that stabbed me or not. Right? The spirit of the Holy Ghost says, let me take my knife back, put it back in my sheath. I'm sorry, should never have done that. Forgive me. Right? That's what the spirit of the Holy Ghost does. But when there is no flow, when you haven't repented, listen, I... Anybody that says that they can go through the week without any sin? I want you to come up here and I'm going to give you $20. Because if you can go through a week without sinning, you a bad mamma jamma. That's all I got to say. I'm not talking about drinking beer. I'm not even talking about smoking a cigarette. I'm not talking about lying. I'm not talking about cheating. I'm not talking. Get in the car. If you got any kind of carnality in your life, and I haven't made it to heaven yet, so I, I, I still flesh and try to ride around the beltway one time. You don't even have to go but one exit from exit five down to exit Suitland or Parkway. And you will be ready. Your eyes will be like, who do you think you are? You don't own all the road. Give me my road. Let me show you who owns the road. Go into the grocery store. Happened to me last night. Two of us going to the line. I started slowing down. They were trying to, I'm like, I'm going to, you know what I mean? I, go ahead. This is not no race. Not for me. But I have been in the flesh. See him cutting across it. Pick up my step. Let me get there first. I'm getting out of here. I'm not waiting. They got 12 items. I got one. 
They can wait. I'm sure none of y'all act that way, right? I thank God for you. Come on. No one, I had to repent. That was not the right. That's why Jesus got down in the sand with all the accusers. Oh, she's a whore. She sent all, she all this, she nasty. He started writing. I don't, I, he who has no sin cast the first stone. When he got up, woman, where art thou accusers? They knew then they would have to stand and let him stone them. He's the only one that can write it in the sand. The only one actually eligible to actually throw the stone. But yet he said, he who has no sin. And the Bible tells me in the New Testament, for all have sinned and fallen short of glory of God. So if God's people ever get to the place that they forget that they need to repent, I don't care what level of ministry you're in. I don't care how long you've been serving God. I don't care if you've been serving God 60-some years, whatever it is he's been serving God. There are days he has to ask the Lord to forgive him. We all do. The greatest enemy is pride. Ah. I'm worthy of picking that 20 up. Thank you very much. Ain't no sin in my camp. I'm sorry about all you folk. You sinners. Greatest enemy is our own. But unless you act upon repenting and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, if you don't act upon it, if you don't act upon receiving the power and the glory of God, you don't need another Bible study to be a physical, to have a philosophical discussion about the Holy Ghost. The Bible said, Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So if that's in the Bible, and that's a part of the recipe, For me to make it into the kingdom of God. I need that recipe. And the Bible does not say that once saved, always saved. Show me it in scripture. Is it in the Bible? I know it's got to be. Many of folk preach it. Come on. It's got to be in the Bible. Bishop, come on. Once saved, always saved. That means I can smack you. Stab you. Lie on you, spit on you. I'm all right. I can pop a 64. Some of you don't know what a 64 ounce is, but that's all right. I can do whatever I want. No. When the Bible, why would the Bible say, For all have sinned and fallen short of glory? God. 
Why would he have written in the, in the sand that those that did not have any sin cast the first stone? Who were the religious people? Who were the religious people? Sometimes we get so religious, we begin to be the judge when we need to take them. I, I talk about the moat. We need to take a moat out of our eye instead of having, I've had somebody say, you want me to take that moat out of your eye? Huh. You can see the moat in my eye through the moat in your eye. Your greatest enemy is self. You just need to obey God's commandments. The Bible says that we need, we need faith to please God. Faith is believing God's word and acting upon it. Amen? Faith is believing and, and operating in God's power, repenting of our sins, of our own self. Who will re prevent our baptism? Only I will prevent being baptized. Only I will prevent myself from, being, from repenting of sins. Jesus is able to overcome all things that come against us, though. If we will allow him, he is bigger than any problem or situation or any other thing. But he has chosen to allow us to have free will. Free will. He's allowed us to have free will. We are the only ones who can stop these things in our life. That is why the Bible continually exhorts us to take a look at ourselves and work out our own salvation. The problem is, is when I begin to work out my own salvation without the scripture, without prayer. I said it this morning as a, in discipleship class. What happens is, because I've drifted away from the power and the Holy Ghost, and my relationship with him is not as strong as it once was, what happens is, I now judge what I'm doing as not being as bad as what I judged when I first was filled with the Holy Ghost. Because when I first was filled with the Holy Ghost, it was the censor that caused me to have a understanding and to know when something was not right that I should not entertain or I should not be a part or I should not look at, or I should not say, or I should not partake of. The Bible says in Romans 8, 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril of sword? We serve a merciful and loving God, but he's not going to allow you to continue to walk the walk that you're walking without repentance. Nor will he allow anybody that's not been baptized in his name. When we have been baptized in Jesus' name, he has forgiven us for all the things that we've ever done wrong, for our weaknesses and our failures, but then we, that we have punished ourselves over, and then he has forgiven us, and I did this. I wouldn't forgive myself for my past, so God couldn't do anything with me. Because I was saying that his blood, his cross, his death, his resurrection was nell and void to even cleanse. His blood was not even worthy to cleanse what I've done. 
God, God has extended mercy, but who will stop us from receiving that mercy? I stopped the Lord for almost over a year. Right? When that young man Garrison came in here. I'd been in church for a year. And this young man, Bishop brought this young man in. I was sitting about where Daryl is. Brother Daryl. Man preaching up, preaching. All of a sudden the Lord stopped him right in my face. He was in the aisle. He said, the Lord told me to tell you he had already forgiven you of all your sins, but you haven't forgiven yourself. And that's why he's not been able to do what he wants to do with you. That is the strong man that dwells in your house that you need to take control of. I'm coming to a close. If you will bind the strong man, who's the strong man? Self is the strong man. Self wants to indulge in things because it makes me feel good. It appeals to the flesh. It appeals to the five senses, right? What is it? Smell, taste, hearing, taste, uh, sight, feeling. Did we get them all? Touch, smell, taste, hearing, sight, sight. All those senses... Those are senses that have to be brought under control. That have to be brought under subjection. Because they will rule the strong man. And the strong man doesn't want to let go and let God lead. The strong man says, I've made myself. The strong man says, if, if I can't make it on this job, I'll make it somewhere else. And it, no matter what the cost is. But the, the man who says, I bind the strong man in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke the strong man. The strong man now has to be bound. He's bound. He's sent away. And then God becomes the one who directs me, right? Who leads me. The Holy Ghost ministers to me when I'm not in the right place. When I'm not, where if I'm going somewhere I shouldn't be, he goes, no, that's not good for you. I start to look at something that I shouldn't be looking at. He goes, nope, that's not what you should be looking at. If I, go, if I smell something that used in my past that used to trigger senses, he's like, uh-uh. Nuh-uh, get back. Walk away, walk away. Don't go in that direction. Go another direction. I know bro Brother McCauley and I were having a conversation about uh, the difference between our lives and things, and my life was very much filled with alcohol and drugs and, and it didn't take much for you if, for me to want to sit down and have a beer with you or, or smoke a joint or snort a line of coke it didn't matter I had the drop of a hat all it would take is someone to say it all it would take is even to smell it burning even the quicken my senses but when the power of God came in ah, the Holy Ghost when the Holy Ghost came in he put a, a stench in my nose to not like 
none of that smoke. None of it. it didn't, I'm telling you, none of the smoke, cigarettes, marijuana, uh, green, hash, black, brown, it didn't matter which one you had. I, I, all of that put a stench. Then he put a taste in my mouth, a, rep, a putrefied taste for alcohol. When people would come around, they'd say, Alan, try it again, man. I don't believe you can't do it again, man. Here, just have another, have one. For old time's sake. I know none of you have been tempted like that. Just old time's sake. Come on. All right, well, if you won't do that, how about a brewski with me? Come on. Oh, no. No, thank you, but no thank you. When the Holy Ghost comes in, I'm telling you. But when the Holy Ghost is not there, I'd be like, you offered me a man. Go ahead. I'm, you offered me today, I'm taking it today. If you offer me something today, I'm taking it. All because the Spirit of God is not in me. We are our greatest enemy. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, Let's see. I wonder if that unthankful, what that unthankful is. Is that unthankfulness of the blessings? Unthankfulness of what God has given them? Life, children, family. Unholy, without natural affection. I came from a family. Bishop, stand up, please. I came from a family... I thank God for a family that believed in hugging. So in that, he has instilled in me that that comes down to every generation that I come in contact with. Because there's something about a hug. Stand up, Josh. There's something about a hug. There's something about a hug from a, 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 a man that's in their right mind. Let me say that. You've got to watch who you let hug. Don't let, the, don't let anybody hug you, Josh. But I believe there's a right way to hug. Amen. Now, my dad and I hug. He, he's my dad. And I'm going to hug my girls, all my girls. And my grands, I'm gonna hug them like popping a, popping a, you know, you know, what's them thing you squeeze and it pops the top. I don't know. But I'm gonna hug because I'm a hugger. And there's a right way, to, there is a right way to hug in the house of God. Amen? Isn't that not right, mother? There's a right way to hug. If I'm hugging the opposite sex of, of, of if I'm hugging the opposite sex, there's a proper way. 
I don't pull, I don't pull them up against me. Mother. Mother. When I'm hugging mother, my cheek touches her cheek. Our, our chests have never touched. If I hug Brittany or Tyler or Stephanie or, or Tiana, I'm not trying to pull them up against me. Because you can't find natural affection anymore in the world. Mothers don't even hug their children hardly anymore. Fathers, I, I rarely see a father hug their child. I rarely see a father hug their child. You know that hug brings confirmation? That hug brings stability? That hug brings love? That hug brings knowing that I feel safe in his arms or her arms as my mother? And that if I ever needed at 56 years old to have to run back to him, that I could run back to him. And he would, he would immediately put his arms around me and go, what's wrong? And I'd still feel safe in that arm. That's the same way the Lord is looking for his people. That when you've been away from him, that if you just run into his arm and grab him, say, I love you, Jesus. Hug on him. But without natural affection, truce breakers. Back in the day I was raised, that was the contract. You didn't need no paper. You didn't need no pen. If I said something to Tiana and we shook on it, she could take it to the bank. It was going all the way to the bank. It was done deal. False accusers. All over the world, there's false accusers. And content. Not content with what they have. When you don't understand that the blessings that you have, and you can't be content with what you already have, how can God bless you with something else? If you're not satisfied with what you have, I watch the world right now. They're not, they're not content. Fierce despisers of those that are good. They hate you. They hate you because you're good. They want you to be bad. Traitors. Heady high-minded. I'm too good to be sitting in this church with you all. Church don't have no AC up in here. It's hot. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure is not going to get me into heaven. Now whatever that pleasure is to you, you can paint that picture. Whatever pleasure is. It will not. Get you. Five. 
having a form of godliness, but, but, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Folk walked away from God, had a form of godliness, but they denied the power. You'll know them by the fruit of the Spirit. That's just adding there. Verse 6 says, For of this sort are they which creep into the houses and lead captivity or captive silly. Let me, not only women, but men too. We're not male chauvinists around here. Men foolishly and women get led with sins, led away from diverse lust. Verse 7. Ever learning. They're not trying to learn from the Lord. Learning. Doctor, iPhone. I got this rash. What do you think it is? Marital iPhone. Wife acting up. How should I handle it? Child raising iPhone. I got a child that I just don't know how to handle anymore. How should I handle it? Instead of going to the Bible, seeking the face of God, saying, God, I, I want my children to be blessed. God, I want my wife to be blessed. God, I want my husband to be blessed. But God, you know, we're having some difficulties right now. So please touch my husband's mind, touch his heart, touch his soul. You know, God, my wife and I, we're just having some difficulties. Lord, touch my wife's mind, touch her heart, touch her soul. God, my children are just off the chain. God, touch my children's heart, touch their mind. Deliver them. Deliver them. Ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now as Jana, Jana, Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, reprobates concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as they, theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. My doctrine. And the manner of life, the purpose of life, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Persecution, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch. This is Paul. At Iconium, at Listeria. That's my timer. I'm coming right in for the landing. What persecutions I endure, but out of them all the Lord delivered. Thank you. Delivered me. The Lord can deliver anyone that comes to a place that they know. If that, if that doesn't look like the world, the sad part is it's coming in the church. Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall 
So don't serve God for the blessings. Because there is some persecutions that are going to come that you're going to feel like you cannot handle the persecution. And you're going to go, God, where are you in this persecution? He's going to say, well, I gave it to you. I told you. This is what the world looks like. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. We're in that now. Deceiving. They will deceive us and be deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I said that earlier today. Folk, come up under a man of God preaching truth years and they walked away to false doctrine and that from a child thou hast known the holy scripture which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof and correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the men of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let me tell you something. I know this is not no shouting message. But what hinders the flow of the Holy Ghost, what hinders our walk with God is when the world starts creeping in to our church and into our lives. And the preacher and the shepherd stands on the platform and he warns of the things that are coming down the pipe. But yet, as I said earlier, when the spirit is weak, not the tank is not full we don't see what the preacher or the shepherd is warning us of you know why they gave the shepherd the, that long staff is so he could reach out grab the sheep and then pull them right on back over out of the place of um, harm back into safety bottom line is nobody wants the shepherd to ever reach the hook and the staff out and grab you by the neck and pull you back in and go straighten up. The Lord is coming back and the world is coming in and we must drive the world out. Nobody wants a shepherd that will tell you the right way to live. They want a shepherd that will say, just give your money, live good, love everything, let everything in ministry. You don't want him to sit up here and tell you you're dying and going to hell. I saw you when your tank was full. I know how powerful you were. I may have not been pastoring when he was pastoring, but I saw the fruit of the Spirit in the day. So I know what it looks like to see a powerful move man or woman who operates in the Holy Ghost, who is unstoppable, who cannot be pushed back. 
Nobody likes a shepherd to go. This is what I see. I'm speaking into your mail because God already showed me your mail. If he was to split the clouds of glory today. How many? How many would make it? Help me. Yeah, help us. Help me. Because as a shepherd, I'm held accountable. The sad part is the shepherd has to say something I, I made the comment about breast spray. Come on. I'm not attacking one person when I say, if you're going to pray with me, put something in your breath. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just asking to be kind. I'm not abusing you. They call me and say, well, I got bad breath. You do. Did I come to you and tell you you had bad breath? I'm keeping it real. If you're going to pray for me, spruce it up. Come on. I want to I want a gift from God. I don't want your breath. And then you're going to call me because you think I'm calling you out in front of everybody. If I was going to call you out, I'd have called your name out. Come on, people. We serve a God that's alive. We serve a God that's forgiving. We serve a God that's merciful. My job is to watch out. You may not like the way I watch out. They're not here today, so you know they must be offended. That's okay. The Bible says straight. Straight is the way. Narrow is the way. Wide is the way, is the way to destruction. There are only few that will make it. Sit under the sound of my voice. You will know whether you're going to make it into the kingdom of God. This is a day of salvation. This is a day that the Lord has called you to be awoken unto your walk with God. Jesus is coming back for a people that have made themselves ready. You better search the inner man. Find out what the inner man's doing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy God of Israel. Go ahead. The angels sit there and say, Holy, holy, holy is he. The least I can do is say, Holy is my king.
name of Jesus. This is how I fight my battles. Touch Brother Chauncey and his wife, Lord God. This is how I fight my battles.